Welcome to your High Vibration Life podcast with Robin Openshaw, also known online as the Green Smoothie Girl. When you're living your high vibration life, you're healthier in every way. You're more productive, creative, peaceful, and loving. Your high vibration life is calling. And now your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw and welcome back to Your High Vibration Life. I have a big announcement today and that is that I just found out that my book is going to publish three weeks later than planned. It's not coming out until October 31st. So still a chance for you to get your copy for free. As far as I know, when this airs, I'll still have some copies that I've held out. Right now, we're giving away free copies of my hardcover book just while supplies last if you just chip in shipping, shipping of $9.95. So make sure you go to greensmoothiegirl.com slash vibe. And today I have an interview with someone I think you're going to find very interesting because he is out there sounding the alarm about a health danger that has everything to do with you living your high vibration life. I met Nicholas Pinot. He's a health journalist. I met him at a conference that I was at recently where I spoke from the stage on Vibe. And he spoke from the stage on the health risks that are posed by the new 5G network. Nick is a health journalist, but he's published more than 1,500 online articles through a daily newsletter called Nick and Jen's healthy life. Jen's his wife. And I met her too recently. He's just authored a book called pretty funny title, the non tinfoil guide to EMFs. It's an unconventional book, which combines common sense and humor to tackle the very serious topic of the electromagnetic pollution and its effect on human health. This is what we're talking about today. You know that I've just come from Europe in the last couple of months, and I feel like Europe is paying a lot more attention to electromagnetic frequencies. Russia has done a lot of research on it. There are 8,000 published studies now on the effect on human life and other plant and energy life on earth from these chaotic frequencies that are so very new, just a blip on the radar of human history. And I'm really glad that new friends like Nick that I'm making out there in the world are really helping to educate us about a really important topic. You can actually learn more about Nick's work at nontinfoilemf.com. So Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robin. It's an honor being here on your podcast. Tell me about your background and how you came to write a book about EMF and how you even got interested in this subject, because you're really young. Sure. Well, I just turned 30 uh, two weeks ago, uh, just after the Mindshare Summit where where we met. So um, yes, I'm young. I've been uh, doing this online, I guess, doing research on my own for almost 10 years. So starting at 19 uh, or 20 years old, I I got into bodybuilding and started researching on how to gain mass. And it led me to a very, very unhealthy place, (laughs) like most uh, naturally thin guys that want to eat a lot to gain a lot of mass and that take all sorts of crappy supplements with uh, who knows what in them. Uh, I just felt horrible, bad digestion and whatnot. So it led me down the, I'm glad it happened actually, because it led me down a path that I just became obsessed learning everything I could get my hands on when it comes to health. And eventually 2010, I started trying to get online and publish information for my friends, for my family. Uh, It wasn't French because I'm a French Canadian from Montreal. Eventually I, I wanted to make a business out of it and out of nowhere, basically I had this idea uh, that uh, some people 
publish information online. So I, I started a newsletter, Nick and Jen's Healthy Life. Eventually I published an, an ebook and I, I joined with my wife, Jen, and she's still my co-CEO and partner and life partner and everything partner. And uh, well, eventually four years down the road. So it's, it had been four years with Nick and Jen Healthy Life, basically doing a daily newsletter. So that's a lot of different newsletters that I'm sending out on all topics, food and toxins, and a lot of topics that really recoup with what you're doing with uh, your high vibration uh, live podcast. And also with the entire message that you're spreading with uh, Green Smoothie Girl, which is, well, we probably haven't uh, been taught the right way to eat and to live. And this is why most people are very sick these days. And I came across this topic, electromagnetic uh, radiation and the effects that cell phone and Wi-Fi have on your body. And I had heard here and there about the possible effects. And I thought it was, uh, okay, well, I guess I won't keep it in my pocket, but I, I didn't really understand the problem. And when I got deeper into it, I started uncovering that it's very, very... Like the story is way more scientific than it sounded at first. So I thought personally it was a all tinfoil. So you remember uh, this movie Signs with um, Joaquin Phoenix from the 90s where they, they wear tinfoil hats. And this is the reference in, in common, uh, like people in the US and Canada know that. And they call any, like when you talk about EMS and the dangers of like invisible signals, it kind of sounds crazy. So this is why people say, okay, this is like stuff for tinfoil hatters. So hence the title, the non-tinfoil guide to EMS. I decided to basically look at everything that's non-tinfoil. So not talking that much about politics, not talking about much about, about conspiracy theories and whatnot. Even even though there is industry involvement, there is there are studies that are completely bogus and whatnot. But not focusing on that, just focusing on what actual science, actual independent science has been published on it, and uh, what does it say? And it it turns out that it says uh, it says that we should not have a cell phone near our bodies at all. Yeah, I remember you talking from the stage about the instructions that you get with your new cell phone. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Well, basically every cell phone, if you go into, uh, I think it's under, let's say you have an iPhone, it's under general settings and eventually you find uh, legal, the legal um, fine print inside an iPhone and you have something called RF exposure for radio frequency exposure. This is a type of EMF radiation that's emitted by devices, by Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and, and cell phones. What it says is that to respect the manufacturer's as tested safety guidelines and to be within what they consider a safe amount of radiation, quote unquote, you have to keep this device within, usually it's anywhere from five millimeter. So that would be, I think it's something like, I don't know, in, in inches, three, three eight of an inch or something like that, something obscure. But still, it's the, the, the gist of it is that you have to keep that thing away from your body at all times. So this means in plain in English, if you hold your phone in your hand, you just have trespassed this fine print. So you're exposed to more radiation than what is recommended. So right there, when I heard that at first, I thought, uh, this is kind of crazy. Why is it, where is it hidden? And, 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 and then it led me in looking and, okay, well, how 
are these devices tested? And it turns out they're tested at a distance and they're tested on a big mannequin head that's actually uh, emulates a six, uh, six uh, foot two man that weighed 220 pounds. And this is reflective of around 0% of all cell phone users. So right there, when you look at how these devices are tested, is just BS. It, it's not the way that people use it at all. And then when they tested, they tested for six minutes. So <laughs> let me ask uh, people, listeners, uh, like, okay, who here is spending six minutes a day on their cell phone? I mean, I don't. I spend like right now I'm, a, I'm at a computer and this is another source that actually is is not tested, but I'm getting exposed right now. It's It's more than six minutes. In my case, it's more like sometimes 12 hours a day writing at a computer and uh, with Wi-Fi. So... It's just like these safety guidelines have literally nothing to do with how we use the devices. And this is basically the, the fine print is just a crazy part. And they just recognize that there's no way you can follow these guidelines, basically. You know, I got off of uh, I, I have Wi-Fi permanently turned off in my office. My PCs are wired now and I got Wi-Fi turned off. Um, for my whole family, I had had it on a timer. So it went off at 10 PM and didn't come on until six or 8 AM. But now I just have it turned off. I mean, I could go back into settings and turn it on. How about you? How do you manage Wi-Fi? Talk a little bit about Wi-Fi and the dangers of that and what you do in your house. What do you think are the most important action items to, to address? Sure. The number one action item, um, I wouldn't say like, well, going wired is of course, let's say this is the best action item that you can get you can take um, I'm actually moving I'm in between two apartments this one was a sub rent so I couldn't kind of drill holes in the walls and, and have a wired uh, internet. So still using Wi-Fi. However, one time where you do not want Wi-Fi is at night, especially, or whenever you don't need it, actually. So what I have here is, um, I can send you the link to it. It's something on Amazon that's called an outlet uh, remote control. So basically you can turn different outlets on and off. So the outlet that the, the Wi-Fi router is plugged on. And the reason I did that is that that Jen is always up, uh, my wife is always up uh, at night a little bit later looking at her cell phone and going on, I don't know, different websites, just humor stuff before she goes to bed. I don't, I don't advocate it, but she does it and that's all right. But I ended up um, asking her, okay, Jen, can you manually turn it off and unplug it? But she had to come out of the bed at 11 p.m. and she really did not enjoy this part of my craziness and, and new health habits that I tried to always bring to the household. You know how it is when, when you're the one doing that. So um, basically I told her, okay, I'm going to find another solution. So it ends up that this little uh, outlet will bring, like it, it causes some radiation when it, em it emits the signal saying to the outlet go off, but it's just for half a second and then you're off Wi-Fi all, all night. And for me, what I realized is that the second that the Wi-Fi is off during the night, my testosterone comes back. Every aspect of like being a man and like even my my Bido, if that's not too much to share, but like it's normal when the Wi-Fi is off at night and it's completely gone when it's on at night, as if my body cannot get 
hormonal uh, replenishment and healing at night when the Wi-Fi is on. And that's even if the, the levels of Wi-Fi that I'm calculating with one uh, meter that I'm, that I'm using as a very uh, engineer-focused guy, the, the, the meter says the levels are very low. But my body tells me otherwise, tells me, well, I'm, I might be sensitive to this frequency or something like that. So I guess for people, Wi-Fi, it's, it's two things, three things that you want to do first off at night. Second would be, where do you place this hot potato that's called a Wi-Fi router? My advice is as far as possible from anyone's body. So you do not want to keep it in a closet that's like your children's bedroom. Instead, maybe the other side of the garage or something that's as far as possible from living areas. And once you have determined that, you put it there You walk, and, and, and everyone's better off and still close it at night, even with distance. And the third one will be like you do, Robin, which is going all wired because guess what? You can still use internet with a wire, but some people tend to forget that. <laughs> yeah. And my, um, my router and Wi-Fi are on the same box. I'm the least technical person, you know, like I'm, I'm probably less technical than your mom, Nick. So forgive me if I'm <laughs> saying this wrong, but like we had to, because that same little tower was the router and the Wi-Fi, we had to go into settings in Xfinity, yes. Xfinity being the company, I think they own Comcast and turn it off on my uh, on my computer because if they're separate, then you can just turn the Wi-Fi off. But I wasn't understanding why I would turn the Wi-Fi off and my computer wouldn't work even though it was wired. And so there was a little bit of problem solving here, which problem solving like that is just harder for me than for other people because I'm just not very technical. But it has been really interesting to test the different parts of my house. And our meter showed that my office, which is where I spend a lot of an embarrassing amount of my time. Actually, I spend more time in here than I spend in my bed was over 400 and below 50 is safe. And so we've talked on this show before. We won't cover all the things that Dr. Libby Darnell talked to us about. We're, we're about to release our EMF protection course, our 19 video course. And I'm, I'm excited for you to check it out too, Nick, because you know so much about this, but I want to talk about a couple of things that you talk about that, that are really sort of above and beyond. As we look down the road, you and I, before this interview, were talking about how we both had listened to Dave Asprey's interview with Joe Mercola, where he said in this interview, just a week ago at the time you and I are recording this, he said, we will in 20 years look back at the dangers of EMF as being worse than right now we look back at indoor smoking. Like right now, you don't even remember it because you're young enough, you don't remember, but I had to work as a waitress. Yeah. I worked through college in a restaurant and I, I chose the smoking section on purpose because smokers drink and drinkers tip. And <laughs> so I was in a cloud of smoke through college and put myself through college is the good news. Uh, but now that's unthinkable. Like I'm sure that people your age, the millennials just can't even believe that we used to smoke in airplanes and we used to smoke in restaurants. Not we, I didn't ever smoke, but you know, I did, I did secondhand yeah. smoke. And that seems so unbelievable now that people would be allowed to do that. And Joe Mercola says the effect on our health is worse of being around EMF. So I want, I, you know, it, that was a, that was a really interesting comparison. And I'll probably repeat that a lot because I feel really strongly that we are asleep at the wheel. We're not paying attention to the fact that we are radiating ourselves and there are really simple, easy things that we can do to fix it, which is what your book is about. But talk a little bit about the future of EMFs. I know you're really bringing some cutting edge stuff that I haven't even been thinking about, even though, you you know, I'm really sort of all about EMFs and 
minimizing them and teaching other people to minimize them. But talk about the 5G rollout and how it's going to increase the electrosmog that we're being exposed to. Electrosmog is what they refer to EMFs as in in Europe, I found when I I spend a lot of time there every summer. So talk about the 5G rollout and the, the future of EMFs. Sure. So, well, when we recognize that there's a problem with EMFs currently, we I think we need to turn towards the future and look, oh, wait a minute. Does that mean that new technologies are going to be worse? And for the moment, I can say a resounding yes. Uh, the, the main problem being that people who develop the new technologies that are going to be faster, better, stronger, everything, uh, do not recognize that, these, that EMFs are currently a problem. So we're just... We're just rolling out 5G and 5G is the new uh, technology. So right now, people listening, you have a, a cell phone that's probably either 3G, which is kind of the kind of older, older uh, networks, but that still function and that are still very fast. But the 4G or something called LTE is the new technology that came out just a couple of years ago. I think it was 2012, if I remember correctly. That's way faster than 3G, uh, better towers, better data transmission, you can watch HD videos, everything is faster. 5G will be that on steroids, basically. So it's 10 to 1000 times the speed of 4G. And um, basically, it's it's the response of the telecom industry to the user demand. So everyone loves to download HD movies with their phones and their tablets and their laptops. And um, basically, the estimates right now are that people like you and I will download around one gigabyte of data a day by 2020. Uh, as a comparison, I mean, it, it's huge. It means it means 30 gig, 30 gig per month. It's a lot. Like most people cannot even afford that on their on their cell phone plans right now. But it, it's what's going to happen and throughout the world. So with to support this speed and this new technology that's like almost 1,000 times the speed of 4G, uh, we're going to change basically everything that constitutes like how these things run. So like the number of antennas. Uh, this is quite terrifying, and I'm I'm hoping, <laughs> I hope you're going to tell us what we what we can do about it. I mean, I I know that you know you since you listened to that that conversation between Dave Asprey on the Bulletproof Co- podcast and Joe Mercola, you know that Dave was saying, okay, this is billion dollar industry right here. Not only is it like major lawsuit potential, there's going to be a class action lawsuit for all the people who who you know get cancer from you know, all these radioactive frequencies being bomb, you know, bombarding our brain, our sensitive tissues, our children, our children, our babies, you've probably by now heard Libby Darnell's story and what happened to her niece and how her her niece's um, bedroom and school classroom were off the charts, like max the meter high in EMFs and, and a couple of teachers uh, in that room or very close to that room had um, become very ill with cancer or died of cancer. And so, what do, what do we do about it? What do we do about the fact that the 5G network is coming? Because Dave, Dave Asprey said, somebody, uh, this is billion dollar business, is if you can build an ecologically friendly, biologically friendly infrastructure where we can't keep going the way we're going. So what do we do as a regular person? Well, it's it's really hard to say. Like what I ended up saying at the Mindshare, I had five minutes to talk about 5G. And what I ended up saying is that it, 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 it becomes critical now 
right now in 2017 and 2018 to reduce your exposure from all sources. So this means that everything that uh, you, Robin and, and Libby will be sharing in your program and in my book and everyone talking in Joe Mercola and Dave Asprey, everything that we're saying, you have to listen to it and actually apply it. It means reducing your body's exposure because what's going to happen is that I think, uh, and we're seeing that in a lot of people that live in large cities, if you're exposed 24-7, there's no way for your cells to heal from all these external harmful uh, vibrations, frequencies. And, and if you're creating a healthy, safe, low EMF environment at home, at least you have this eight hours of time to breathe. And this is a huge difference. Uh, so this becomes critical. And then on a, uh, I guess on a, on a citizen standpoint, this is also something I couldn't share on my talk is, well, we need to be aware that these things are rolling out in large cities and you can do something. You can talk to your city council. I'm not, I don't know a ton about US politics, but I know that a lot of different citizens groups are being organized to say, you know what? 5G networks being installed every two to 10 homes, because this is what's planned people. These cell phone antennas are very high power, very short distance. So instead of having a couple of towers, let's say uh, in, in big downtown areas, previously you maybe had in one square kilometer, maybe 13, 15 antennas, we're going to have double that or more every two to 10 homes. So every block, every traffic uh, street light might be an antenna or might have an antenna added on there. And the goal is to support 1 million devices per square kilometer. So the levels will go up. And I mean, Robin, it's it's hard for me because I'm, I'm, I'm a very down to earth guy and I hate being alarmist. Um, and this is why I decided to go with humor with my book. But in, in all honesty, this is scary for me too. It, it is. And, and we have to basically um, recognize that there's a problem right now. So it means that spreading the word about everything that you're hearing on this podcast is super critical because it means people are going to wake up. And I think also that not everything is doom and gloom, like like Dave Asprey and, and Joe Marcola shared on, on, the, on their podcast, on, the, on Dave's podcast. Uh, I think that the technology can be changed and I think it will be changed. However, before it's, it's finally changed, who knows what damage people are gonna, are, are gonna get. So this is really what makes me very sad is it, like we, we develop new technologies like in the past, like let's say smoking or trans fats or asbestos or, uh, certain pesticides, and then we say, oops, uh, turns out we've killed a lot of people. Sorry about that. And 50 years later, <laughs> it, it, we we kind of change the technology. But in the meantime, for, for, for decades, people are doing something that's super unhealthy and it just drives me crazy. What else do, don't we don't like, do, do we don't know right now that will be considered completely crazy in a couple of years? And and I talked with Joe Mercola, actually, I had the, the chance to, um, to connect with him. And and he told me, in fact, that he thinks that the biological effects of microwave radiation, this is the kind of radiation we're talking about, cell phones, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth, might be worse on a biological standpoint than x-rays. So if this is true, I mean, I, I never made this comparison myself, but back in the 50s, people used x-rays uh, in shoe stores just to verify if the shoe was the right fit for children's feet. Nowadays, doing that equals 
being criminal because we know that X-rays are frequencies that over time break your DNA and they accumulate damage inside your body. So what do we do? We, we haven't banned X-rays. We just use them in a very controlled manner in a clinical setting, right? So I think in the near future, we're going to see microwave radiation, the type of EMF that we're using right now, will be used just in medical setting. And honestly, there, there are a couple of exciting uses of EMFs that are actually healing. And this is something I, I didn't talk a lot about in, in my book, but I mean, there's one particular uh, use that is to open up the blood-brain barrier. So for example, if someone uh, is to get chemo for brain cancer, you can actually emit a strong signal, as strong as I think 10 to 100 cell phones. So it's pretty strong, but you open up the, the little barrier that usually protects the brain and then the chemo can get into the brain and heal or actually, well, in that case, it's destroyed the cancer tumor, whereas normally the chemo agent doesn't go through. However, if we recognize that this device that is currently used and currently FDA approved, works, we also must look at, okay, well, does it mean that a cell phone next to my head will cause similar effects and will open up the, the barriers for invaders or toxins into my brain? And the answer is quite possibly yes, based on the current research. So it's kind of crazy. On one hand, you have all the, even telecom industry will say, yes, the, oh, the beneficial side of EMFs for sure. Cool. It's, it's awesome. We can save lives. But the harmful effects, no, it doesn't do anything. I, I, don't, I don't believe that's true. <laughs> yeah, it, do, it does seem ironic that, you know, I mean, Dr. Oz says that, you know, energy medicine is the next frontier in medicine. And that makes sense when you consider that surgeries are now far less invasive because, well, many of them, because they can cut one inch open in your gut and literally kill and pull out, chop up and pull out an entire organ. If the organ is diseased, if the organ isn't, you know, necessary for human survival and that's just focused frequencies. And so it does, yeah. seem, it seems ironic that they would acknowledge that using frequencies, they can open up the blood brain barrier so that chemo can be more targeted. And at the same time, pretend that they don't know that it might be harmful to put a 5g tower every two to two to five homes on our on our block. You know, we've we've talked about the smart meter phenomenon in a different episode. And so I'll just refer our listeners back to the two episodes I did with Libby Darnell. I did three EMF episodes. That's how strongly I feel about it is that I wanted to bring another uh, EMF expert or researcher onto the show because I want to talk about some of these additional things that we're learning in addition to the what we talked about in those those three episodes. And we have we are about to release the Green Smoothie Girl collaboration with Dr. Libby Darnell. We have a 19 video masterclass. It's called EMF Protection Course. It's 19 videos. 10 of them are instruction. And it's Libby and me talking about how to protect you and your family. And it's then we have nine video demos where we do everything from test my Tesla which you would think would be really high in EMF. And we'll let you uh, we'll wait for that surprise about how that did. And Chad, who's running the podcast here and does all of my film, we test his Hyundai and we get EMF readings there. We test my son has two Xboxes and they're downstairs. But I had, I had heard that the radiation is so high that it can literally radiate somebody two floors up. We talk about things like going through the TSA scanner. You know, the, the TSA employees have been trained to tell you 
It's like going out in the sun for 15 minutes. The radiation is so low. The problem isn't how strong it is in that exposure. The, the problem is the cumulative effect on your cells. And so I wanted to have you talk a little bit about the 5G rollout. And I think it's really important that politically, if we do nothing but stand ready to when our city wants to do this, assuming they don't start to pull this back and start to rethink our infrastructure that we're building to have more and more radiation in our environment, I also want to talk about some of these more cutting edge ideas that I know that you know about. 10 years ago, it sounds like you and I were both studying EMF 10 years ago and nobody else was talking about it, but but sounds like you through your health issues, you know, back then it was just starting to come out that you could buy grounding mats. And I, I want you to talk to us a little bit about how grounding mats can actually create a problem and how to make them actually uh, helpful to us. And what t- tell us what grounding mats are about and what we need to do. Sure. So the idea behind grounding is that, well, there are man-made frequencies that come off our technology, the EMFs, and then there are such things as, as natural EMFs. So the Earth itself has uh, the bare ground as an electric charge and has a magnetic field that emits uh, at a certain frequency. And it turns out that the research on grounding, which is just walking barefoot uh, on the bare Earth or let's say in uh in uh, on grass or by the beach, uh, it has beneficial effects. And it turns out that it helps you. Usually people that are very sensitive to man-made EMS report that the more grounding they do in nature, the better they feel. So it actually maybe mitigates some of the damage you're getting from EMF. So th- what I what I tell people and readers from my newsletter is that you need your your dose of vitamin N for nature and, and to kind of counteract the, the harm frequencies. And basically, um, now that this idea is spreading, a lot of people are coming up with uh, devices where you can ground inside the home. So instead of, um, and and usually in the bedroom, so while you sleep, the idea sounds great because uh, research, for example, on uh, Tour de France um, cyclists has shown that people have better blood pressure, less inflammation, better sleep, better recovery, better mental acuity. it's incredible what researchers are finding. And this is high-level science on high-level athletes. So the, the science is there to show us that if you sleep, let's say, in a, in a tent in the middle of nowhere on the bare earth, you're actually grounding your body to these natural frequencies. So people are trying to do the same inside their bedroom. The problem is your bedroom is not the middle of the forest. And there are EMFs all around us. So there are not only a Wi-Fi router that is usually there. Some people keep their cell phones near their bed and it's open. So you have more radiation there and you also have electricity inside a home. And um, a grounding mat, the way it's it's done basically is usually uh, you plug it in a wall outlet and it's a conductive material. Usually it's silver mesh or some kind of other conductive material. And the problem is that it can conduct and it's also how it works. So uh, usually the idea is that you are lying on the grounding mat and you're dumping all the extra electricity, the free electrons from your body into the wall. The problem is when the opposite happens in that what is the dirty electricity 
in your wall, which is a kind of EMF itself or electrical electrical field that is also one kind of EMF I address in my book, uh, gets into your body from the wall into the grounding mat. So the opposite can happen. So um, people have reported, for example, being just insomniac or having weird side effects from grounding. And the meme uh, right now online is, oh, well, you're not doing it right or not enough, or maybe this is a detox reaction. And in fact, some building biologists that are these engineer level experts that go into your home and reduce the levels and have professional meters have measured people who do grounding in a completely EMF environment that most people have. And it, it, it in fact, it, it zaps it zaps you away all night. So it it essentially connects you to all this dirty electricity and makes you rest less. So this is not what you want to do. So the, the fix is kind of easy in reality is you need to remove all EMFs first and then use a grounding sheet or grounding mat or grounding pad or grounding pillow. So, and not the opposite, because I think that for some people that are very sensitive to dirty electricity or electrical fields, it's essentially adding on your body a couple of volts sometimes. So you're kind of getting a, a low level electric shock all night and you don't even notice it, but your sleep and your body, your your pineal gland trying to get you to sleep will notice it. And and for some people, it means bad sleep. So you're, you're essentially screwing up your sleep with something that's supposed to improve it so it doesn't make sense uh, another thing that you can do a little bit more advanced but you I, I think that you and Libby use tether meters or another um, kind of dirty electricity uh, sorry a filter tether filter or green wave filter it's a kind of a little plug-in filter that you can plug throughout your your um, the the outlets in, in your home and the goal of these is to reduce dirty electricity, to kind of equalize the electricity so it doesn't spike left and right and creates an environment where you feel anxious and you have different side effects. And the worst case scenarios are cancer clusters, as you mentioned, that are seen in schools where the dirty electricity in a room is very strong. So what you can do to prevent dirty electricity from going from your wall to your grounding mat is you install your mat not in the plug itself. You you first put a stether filter on and you plug your mat in the stether filter. So that way the electricity gets filtered if it ever goes towards your body. So it's just a little tweak, but I think it can make all the difference in the world. If people have tried grounding mats and they feel bizarre or they report side effects, it it can happen for some people. And for, for some other people, it's totally fine and they feel amazing. But even if you do feel amazing, I do not recommend being in a high EMF environment. So make sure to shut down the Wi-Fi, remove any kind of wireless uh, radiation from your bedroom, and then also turn off the uh, the circuit breaker to your bedroom. So that way there's no electricity at all. This is, this is the best step you can do. Then you install your grounding mat and then you're all good. Yeah, I appreciate that. So we built a free EMF action plan and you can go through and you can see where we get the meter, where we get those filters that, you know, we tested with the meter and found out that my bedroom was pretty high in EMF. My son's bedroom was pretty high, uh, over 150, both of us. My office was terrible. It was over 400. And so we built this EMF action plan to give you all the tools, but you don't have to do them all at once. Just do the free ones, the easy ones. And um, I think having a meter is really important. I think that filtering in your bedroom, especially if you're going to use a grounding mat, I had a grounding mat on my bed, but 
you know, like you said, now since then, we've discovered that there's these uh, dirty electricity leaking from your wall outlets. And so now I have those filtered. And it was crazy when I I want to tell you two quick things about just my own health is that when I filtered my bedroom, and I plugged those in, I slept all the way through the night without waking up. Like usually I wake up and I think I'm waking up because I have to go to the bathroom or something. But you know, I'll usually wake up once, twice during the night, just for a few minutes. And after I installed those filters by just, you just plug them into the outlet. It's no, it's no big deal. And you know, you want to, you want the meter so that you know where you need the filters. Cause if it's below 50, then you're in a, you're in a safe zone. But I slept through the night three times that week that, that we installed the filters for the first time in really 20 years. And so, wow, yeah. And then another weird thing that I was going to tell you is I realized I, I thought that I was getting arthritis, but just in one joint in my right hand. And I realized this was quite some time ago that I didn't have arthritis. I held my cell phone over that joint in my right hand mm-hmm. for probably a couple of hours a day. And I, I know not to turn my Wi-Fi on. I know that. But just from texting, you know, we're we're on T-Mobile and we have unlimited data because I tell my kids, don't ever use Wi-Fi, just use the data. And I educate my kids about how about how dangerous it is. The free EMF action plan, anyone listening who hasn't heard those previous episodes with Dr. Libby Darnell, the free action plan is at greensmoothiegirl.com slash EMF. Greensmoothiegirl.com slash EMF. And and we link you there to the meter that I think everyone should have and the filters, but get the meter first. That way you're only buying filters for the outlets that are that are actually a problem. So once I stopped holding my cell phone when I'm texting in in my right hand for periods of time, sometimes now I hold it in my left hand, the pain in that joint has disappeared. And that makes sense when you consider how much concentrated chaotic frequencies were pointing at that one joint. I was just like, what am I getting? Am I getting uh, arthritis, but just in one joint that went on for a couple of years. And then I just decided to start holding my phone in the left hand. And obviously I'm still getting the exposure. I understand that the exposure is bad, but what's interesting is it actually caused physical pain in my right hand. Just, just an example, because so many people are going to hear this and they have heard anything about EMF and they're not doing anything about it. And they think that we might be crazy people like Joaquin Phoenix, who wore the tinfoil hat. Um, (laughs) And he probably wasn't, he probably wasn't crazy either. It was just like way before the world was, was ready to hear it. So you've given us a lot of great information. Watch for the, if, if there's going to be in your municipality, a build out for the 5G network, we all need to politically be part of having our voices heard and in bringing more attention on this subject, because we are, as we have been with GMOs and so and, and mercury fillings and in so many other ways that we educate you about on this show, we are a social experiment and we have to be part of the solution and speaking up and helping point people to this podcast episode with Nick and in, you know, educating each other. Nick, before we go, I want to ask you just one or two more quick questions. Will you, what do you think, since you've been researching so deeply, what do you think about these tumors forming on the side of people's head, brain tumors and breast tumors in the shape of cell phones? What do you think? Do you think there's enough evidence yet that it's starting to be not just for the tinfoil crazy people, but it's actually a real problem that sort of points to the, the issue of people who've been holding a cell phone next to their head and talking on the phone for 20 years? What do you think? 
Yes, there there is strong evidence. Uh, people, there's no consensus. Obviously, my whole book is about it, it tells basically the the only conclusion I can I can come to is that there's no consensus, and I don't even know if there's such thing as scientific consensus. It takes usually decades, but some scientists will say that's bollocks. Some scientists will say there's a very strong link in what they call uh, ipsilateral brain tumors. It means the same side that people use their cell, cell phone on. You see increases that are simply crazy. Uh, Leonard Hardell is one researcher and uh, it won't be at the exam, but uh, basically he, he says that every year you use your cell phone moderately, you increase your risk of brain cancer by 8%. That's what he says. And he's one of the top guys. He's a researcher, uh, dozens and dozens of research papers in great journals. He's from Europe. And there are a lot of researchers that agree with him uh, and that say that, um, well, we, we, we must um, upgrade the classification of cell phones to definitely carcinogenic. Right now it's 2B. Uh, this means a possible carcinogen, like, oh, it might be harmful, but we don't know. Uh, so I think there's a strong link and I, do, I would not advise keeping your cell phone next to your head because there are better options. For example, using speed phone if you're alone and if you don't want people to hear your conversation or annoy people, just use headphones. And this is what I do. And I hold it just like you in my hand or um, in my office, I might put my cell phone as as far as possible from me and then talk on headphones and I'm all good. I'm I'm reducing essentially 90% of the problem, 90% less radiation at two at two feet, 80 to 90%. So that's very that's a huge move that you, you can do to for your health. When it comes to breast cancer, there's a researcher from California, John West, that has looked at several cases that are very, very bizarre because the 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 ladies using their cell phone or keeping their cell phone in their bras had uh, like you said, tumors that were in the shape of a cell phone, basically at uh, a spot that usually you do not get breast to, uh, tumors there. Usually you get them in a different spot that are, I guess, the... Uh, the milk glands or something. Uh, it was a very bizarre kind of tumor uh, cluster that he actually never sees. So the correlation was strong and there's still no great, like there, there's not a ton of studies about breast cancer, but if it uh, causes that to your brain, chances are you do not want to keep it near your breasts if you care about your health at all. And then in your pocket, for men or even for women, the, the link with EMFs and just keeping a cell phone in your pocket and uh, sperm damage in men or even fertility in women, I think um, will be a future link that we're gonna find. Well, it, there's like, there's 201 studies since 2009 that have looked at the issue and they each conclude that cell phones definitely will destroy your fertility as a man. And I cannot believe that in 2017, it's been eight years, two, 2001 studies confirming this and meta-analysis. And like, you don't have to, to think about those terms. It's really like geeky stuff. But in research, it's like the golden standard. Imagine that it's like the best of the best of the best in research that say, well, there's definitely a link. This is a causality effect. It means that you put the cell phone in your pocket and your sperm is damaged. Even with all this, the industry and the policymakers are like, oh no, we're not going to put that on the label. Well, why not? 
we we need to tell men not to put that in their pockets because it, what if they want to have children or normal testosterone levels? I find just that is completely unacceptable and crazy. I agree. And I also just don't want to be part of the science experiment. I mean, we didn't know that indoor smoking was causing this secondhand smoke effect that was really devastating until we put an entire couple generations of people through breathing a lot of secondhand smoke. And I don't want to be in the age cohort that proves that we are going to get brain cancer and other cancers at higher rates. And so let's sound the alarm early. Let's opt out as much as we can. I think we've gotten a lot of great actionable tips from Nick. Make sure you get the EMF action plan that we've put together. My team and I have spent many, many hours working with Dr. Libby Darnell on this. It's at greensmoothiegirl.com slash EMF. And Nick, tell everybody where they can learn more from you and get your book. Sure. It's at nontinfoilemf.com. So that's the URL. And um, by November 2017, depending on when you're listening to that, there's going to be a hard copy book as well. So the book is um, a really easy read. At, at least that's, that's what a lot of people that are non-science uh, oriented or non-geeks uh, like me have told me. So it's really easy to digest. And it's it's a light read and a ton of actionable info in there. Okay. Well, make sure that you share this episode. Make sure that you talk about this. Talk to your kids. Uh, Keep those Xboxes and GameCubes, whatever they're called that the kids use. Keep them unplugged when they're not in use. Um, Clean up your children's environment. Um, Get on a data plan where you're not having to be on Wi-Fi. One more quick thing. One more quick thing, Nick. When we were at this, when we were at this conference together where we were referring to you and I both having five minute talks on the stage, you brought your meter and this is, keep in mind, this is a conference of wellness influencers. These are health experts. Um, and next year we will get the conference organizers to have everybody turn off their Wi-Fi. But with 350, 400 people in the room, most of whom had a cell phone and most of whom probably had their Wi-Fi on. I know I didn't get any cell service in the room. Tell a little bit about what you measured in that room and what that means for all of us advocating for the big public events that we go to of asking the organizers to have everybody turn off their Wi-Fi. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, what I use is a meter that I recommend to everyone. It's a little bit harder to use, but it's very complete and it's under 200 bucks. It's called Cornet, C-O-R-N-E-T, 88T, like in Tom, Cornet 88T. Uh, this Cornet basically showed me that the levels, and I'm going to be a little bit geeky here, but one unit of measurement is volts per meter. This is the highest that I could read in the room. They were It was at one volt per meter. And um, normally building biologists and people from uh, the environmental medicine world in Europe say anything above 0.2 during the day is really not recommended. Like it is a very high environment. It was five times that. But for sensitive people that know that uh, these frequencies are very uh, like make their hear buzz, tinnitus, headaches, uh, some people get a muscle weakness. 
physical pain, inflammation. I've seen it all throughout my research. And these people need to stay below 0.02. So in the, in their case, it would be 50 times too high. It's basically like this room, honestly, and I don't say that lightly. I've measured environments. I've measured airports with uh, thousands of people using their cell phone. It was actually higher than that <laughs> it, it, uh, in this health conference. And uh, it was a shock for me. I didn't, ex it was good for the talk because people were were a little bit shocked when I shared the this um, this figure. But I remember that a few people um, came to me after my talk and, to and told me I am sensitive and right now I am suffering. Like I can feel uh, the room somehow it's making me very, very exhausted. I, I, I don't think I'm personally that sensitive because I, I felt great all weekend, but some people I've seen them having to take naps throughout the event just because it was so draining for them, this kind of environment. So this is, of course, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll definitely uh, take you up on it and we'll, we're going to organize something for next year so that we can reduce levels in this environment because this is a health conference, but it just makes you realize how insidious this stuff is because it's not visible and you don't hear a loud screaming noise. You don't see black smoke. You don't, you don't feel it for most people. I'd say 70% of people cannot even feel it or don't realize. So this is why we're able to have a health conference with all the greatest minds in, in, in the country or even the planet um, gathering together and, ha and being in the middle of what will be taught as a very dangerous environment in just a few years from now. So that's that's very ironic and, and sad at the same time. But I think we're going to change that, right? You and I are going to be agents of change. And also our listeners listening to this, once we are educated about ways that we can live a higher vibration life and we can protect each other and we can spread the word, please do your part to be part of that. Nick and I are both on a very similar mission and are new friends. And I'm deeply grateful for you sharing your wisdom today, Nick. I think my audience is going to um, be better for it. And so thank you so very much. Thank you for having me, Robin. It was a pleasure. 